Section 51 of London Labour and the London Poor, Volume 2, by Henry Mayhew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Of the Street Orderlies, Part 3. I now come to the cost of cleansing the streets upon the street orderly system, as compared with that of the ordinary modes of payment to contractors and so on. It will have been observed, from what has been previously stated, that the Council of the Association contend that far higher amounts may be realised for street manure when collected clean, according to the street orderly plan. If by a better mode of collecting the street dirt it be kept unmixed, its increase in value and in price may be most positively affirmed. Before presenting estimates and calculations of cost, I may remind the reader that under the street orderly system no watering carts are required, and none are used where the system is carried out in its integrity. To be able to dispense with the watering of the streets is not merely to get rid of a great nuisance, but to effect a considerable saving in the rates. I now give two estimates, both relating to the same district. Comparative expense of cleaning and watering the streets and so on of St. James's Parish under the system now in operation by the paving board and under the sanitary system of employing street orderlies as recommended by 779 ratepayers it is assumed from reasonable data that the superficial contents of all the streets lanes courts and alleys in the parish do not amount to more than 80000 square yards present annual expense of cleansing st james's parish Paid to contractor for carrying away slop, including expense of brooms, £800. Paid to 23 men, average wages, 10 shillings per week, 52 weeks, £598. Total, £1,398. Annual expense of street orderly system, 30 men, including those with hand barrows, at 10 shillings per week, 52 weeks. Seven hundred and eighty pounds. Expense of brooms, thirty pounds. Cartage of slop, one hundred pounds. Total, nine hundred and ten pounds. Difference, four hundred and eighty eight pounds. Saving by diminished expense of street watering throughout the parish, four hundred and fifty pounds. Annual prospective saving, nine hundred and thirty eight pounds. Quote, Observation. The sum of £800 per annum was paid to the contractor on account of expenses incurred for the removal of slop. During the three years previous to 1849, the contractor paid money to the parish for permission to remove the house ashes, the value of which was then two shillings per load. It is now two shillings sixpence. In St Giles's and St George's parishes, whose surface is more than twice the extent of St James's, the expense of slop cartage in 1850 was £304.14, shillings, while the sum received for cattle manure collected by street orderlies was £73.14, shillings, and the slop expenses for the four months ending November 29th were £59.18, shillings and sixpence, whilst the manure sold for £21.6. Shillings. Thus has the slop expense in these extensive united parishes been reduced to less than £120 per annum. Since the preceding estimate was submitted to the Commissioners of Paving, 
The street orderly system has been introduced into St. James's Parish, and it is confidently expected that the annual prospective saving of £938 will be fully realised. A similar estimate has just been sent into the authorities of the great parish of St. Marylebone, but its results do not differ from the one I have just cited. I next present an estimate contrasting the expense of the street orderly method with the cost of employing sweeping machines. Comparative expense of cleansing and watering the streets and so on of St. Martin's Parish under the system now in operation by the paving board and under the sanitary system of employing street orderlies as recommended by 703 ratepayers. It is assumed from reasonable data that the superficial contents of all the streets, lanes, courts and alleys in the parish amount to about 70,000 square yards. Expenses by machinery in St. Martin's Parish Annual payment to street machine proprietor, £980 Watering rate, 1847, £644.16 shillings, 8 pence halfpenny Salary to clerks, £391 Support of 28 able-bodied men in workhouse, thrown out of work at 4 shillings, 6 pence per man £327, 12 shillings. Total expenses, £2,343, 8 shillings, 8 pence halfpenny. Expenditure by the employment of street orderlies. Maintenance of 28 street orderlies to keep clean 70,000 yards, presumed contents, at 2,500 yards each man, at 12 shillings per week, £768. Two inspectors of orderlies at 15 shillings per week, £78. One superintendent of ditto at £1 per week, £52. Wear and tear of brooms, £36, 8 shillings. Interest on outlay for barrows, brooms and shovels, £26, 19 shillings. Watering rate, not required. Value of manure pays for cartage. Total, £961, 7 shillings. Annual saving by street orderlies, £1,382, 1 shilling, 8 pence halfpenny. Balancing to £2,343, 8 shillings, 8 pence halfpenny. I now give an estimate concerning a smaller district, one of the divisions of St Pancras Parish. It was embodied in a report read at a meeting in Camden Town, on the desirableness of introducing the street orderly system. The report set forth that the committee had made a minute investigation into the present systems of street cleansing as adopted under the superintendence of Mr. Bird, the parish surveyor, and under that of the National Philanthropic Association. From the 26th of March, 1848, to the 26th of March, 1849, the directors of the poor expended in paving and cleansing and so on the three and a quarter miles under their charge three thousand five hundred and forty five pounds nineteen shillings sevenpence of this the following items were for cleansing namely labour two hundred and forty nine pounds thirteen shillings tools ten pounds twelve shillings slop carting four hundred and ninety six pounds proportion of foreman's salary Thirty-nine pounds, total seven hundred and ninety-five pounds five shillings. 
The street orderly system of cleansing the said roads in the most efficient manner would give the following expenditure per annum. 34 men to cleanse three and a quarter miles at the rate of 2,000 superficial yards each man, 12 shillings per week each, 1,060 pounds, 16 shillings. Two inspectors of orderlies at 15 shillings per week each, 78 pounds. Superintendent, 104 pounds. Cost of brooms, shovels and so on, 83 pounds. No allowance for slop carting, the National Philanthropic Association holding that the manure properly collected will more than pay for its removal. Total, £1,325.16. shillings. Deduct cost of cleansing by the old mode, £795.05. shillings. Difference, £530.11. shillings. The apparent extra cost, therefore, would be £530.11. shillings. The vestry, however, would see that the charge for supporting 34 able-bodied men in the workhouse is at least 5 shillings per week each, or £442 per annum. This, therefore, must be deducted from the £530.11, shillings, leaving the extra cost £88.11 shillings per annum. This sum, the committee were assured, will be not only repaid by the reduced outlay for repairs which the new system will effect, but a very great saving will be the result of the thorough cleansed state in which the roads will be constantly maintained. Under the late system, to find the roads in a cleansed state was the exception, not the rule, and when all the advantages likely to result from the new system were taken into consideration, the committee did not hesitate to recommend it for adoption in its most efficient form. End quote. Concerning the expense of cleansing the city by the street orderly system, Mr. Cochrane says, The number required for the whole surface, including the footways, courts and so on, would be about 250 men and boys. Upon the present system, this number would be formed in three divisions. First division, 170 to begin work at 6 a.m. and end 6 p.m. Second division, called Relief and Aids, 30 boys from 12 at noon to 10. Third division, 50 men from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Total, 250. The men and boys are now working at from 6 shillings to 12 shillings per week. These 250 men and boys would cost for wages during the year about £5,100. 12 foremen at £40 per annum, £480. Two superintendents at £50 each, £100. Brooms and so on, £325. Barrows, £100. Two clerks at £100 each, £200. Manager, £100. Total, £6,405. No items are given for slopping or cartage, as, if the streets are properly attended to, there ought to be no slop, whilst the value of the manure may be more than equivalent for the expense of its removal. Some slop carts will, however, be occasionally required for Smithfield Market and similar localities. Making, therefore, ample allowance for contingencies, it is confidently considered that the expense for cleansing the whole of the City of London by street orderlies would not exceed £8,000 per annum. Expenses of cleansing and watering the streets and so on of the City of London on the old system of scavenging 
from June 1845 to June 1846. Two scavenging contractors, annual expense £6,040. Value of ashes and dust of the City of London, given gratis to the above contractors in the year ending 1846, and now purchased by them for the year ending 1847, £5,500. Estimated contributions levied for watering streets, £4,000. Salaries to surveyors, inspectors, beadles, clerks and so on of sewers office, according to printed account March 3rd, 1846, £2,485. Expense for cleaning out sewers and gully holes, not known. Annual expense under the imperfect system of street cleansing, £18,025. Number of men employed, 58. State of the streets, inhabitants always complaining of their being muddy in winter and dusty in summer. Two estimates, then, show an expectation of a yearly saving of no less than £2,320 to the ratepayers of two parishes alone, £938 to St James's and £1,382 to St Martin's. And this, too, if all that be augured of this system be realised, with a freedom from street dust and dirt unknown under other methods of scavengery. I think it right, however, to express my opinion that even in the reasonable prospect of these great savings being effected, it is a paltry, or rather a false, because miscalled economy, to speculate on the payment of ten shillings and twelve shillings a week to street labourers in the parishes of St. James and St. Martin, respectively, when so many of the contractors pay their men sixteen shillings weekly. If this low hire be justifiable in the way of an experiment, it can never be justifiable as a continuance of the reward of labour. If the street orderly system is to be the means of permanently reducing the wages of the regular scavengers from 16 shillings to 12 shillings a week, then we had better remain afflicted with the physical dirt of our streets than the moral filth which is sure to proceed from the poverty of our people. But if it is to be a means of elevating the pauper to the dignity of the independent labourer, rather than dragging the independent labourer down to the debasement of the pauper, then let all who wish well to their fellows encourage it as heartily and strenuously as they can. Otherwise, the sooner it is denounced as an insidious mode of defrauding the poor of one-fourth of their earnings, the better. And it is merely in the belief that Mr. Cochrane and the Council of the Association mean to keep faith with the public and increase the men's wages to those of the regular trade that the street orderly system is advocated here. If our philanthropists are to reduce wages 25%, then indeed the poor man may cry, Save me from my friends. As to the positive and definite working of the street orderly system as an economical system, no information can be given beyond the estimates I have cited, as it has never been duly tested on a sufficiently large scale, its working has been, of necessity, desultory. It has, however, been introduced into St. George's Bloomsbury, St. James's Westminster, and is about to be established in St. Martin's in the Fields, and in the course of a year or two it seems that it will be sufficiently tested. That its working has hitherto been desultory is a necessity in London, where vested interests look grimly on any change or even any inquiry. 
that it deserves a full and liberal testing seems undeniable from the concurrent assent of all parishioners who have turned their attention to it. It remains to show the expenses of the Philanthropic Association, for I am unable to present an account of street orderlyism separately. The following two tables fully indicate to what an extent the association is indebted to the private purse of Mr. Cochrane, who by this time has advanced between £6,000 and £7,000. Balance Sheet Receipts and Expenditure of the National Philanthropic Association for the Promotion of Social and Sanitary Improvements and the Employment of the Poor from 29th September 1846 to 29th September 1849. Debits to subscriptions and donations from the 29th September 1846 to 29th September 1849, £1,393, 16 pence. Balance due to President, 29th September 1849, £5,739, 19 pence. Total, £7,133, 16 pence. Credits by balance due to President as per balance sheet, September 29, 1846, £2,935.17.9. Secretary's salary, £300. Rent of offices and so on, £248.10. Salaries to clerks, messengers and so on, £371.19.4. Salaries to collectors, three hundred and twelve pounds eighteen shillings and a penny commission to collectors one hundred and thirty pounds five shillings sixpence printing and stationery five hundred and fifty six pounds seventeen shillings hire of rooms for public meetings sixty pounds ten shillings advertisements and newspapers two hundred and forty four pounds five shillings and threepence bill posting eight pounds twelve shillings and sixpence Salaries to persons in charge of free lavatories in Hamyard, Great Windmill Street, St. James's, £10, 18 shillings, tuppence. Brooms, barrows and shovels for the use of street orderlies, £86, 8 shillings. Charges of contractors and others for removal of street slop and so on, £58, 9 shillings, sixpence. Food, lodging and wages to street orderlies domiciled in Hamyard, Great Windmill Street, St. James's, nine hundred and eighty pounds eleven shillings fourpence clothing for the street orderlies thirteen pounds three shillings and tuppence baths provided for street orderlies five pounds fifteen shillings ten pence sundry expenses for offices including postage stamps and so on ninety two pounds seven shillings and eleven pence law expenses eight pounds ten shillings and ten pence builders charges for free lavatories in hamyard £95, 13 shillings and 10 pence. Amount advanced to the late secretary for improving the dwellings of the poor, £20. Farther advances made by president on various occasions for the general purposes of the association, £592, 2 shillings and 4 pence. Total, £7,133, 16 shillings and 4 pence. Audited by us, October 19th, 1849, Charles Shepherd Lenton, 33 Leicester Square, and Joseph Child, 43 Leicester Square. Street Orderlies, City Surveyor's Report 
I have been favoured with a report upon street cleansing and in reference to the street orderly system by the author, Mr. W. Haywood, the surveyor to the City Commission of Sewers, who has invited my attention to the matter in consequence of the statements which have appeared on the subject in London Labour and the London Poor. Reader's Note, Volume 1, End Reader's Note. Mr. Haywood, whose tone of argument is courteous and moderate, and who does not scruple to do justice to what he accounts the good points of the street orderly system, although he condemns it as a whole, gives an account of the earlier scavenging of the city, not differing in any material respect from that which I have already printed. He represents the public ways of the city, which I have stated to be about 50 miles, as, quote, about 51 miles lineal, about 770,157 superficial yards in area, end quote. This area, it appears, comprehends 1,000 different places. In 1845, the area of the carriageway of the city was estimated at 418,000 square yards, and the footway at 316,000, making a total of 734,000. But since that period, new streets have been made, and others extensively widened. The precincts of Bridewell, St. Bartholomew, St. James's, Duke's Place, Aldgate, and others, have been added to the jurisdiction of the Sewers Commission by Act of Parliament, so that the surveyor now estimates the area of the carriageway of the City of London at 441,250 square yards, and the footways at 328,907, making a total of 770,157 square yards. I am fully impressed, observes Mr. Haywood, with the great importance to a densely populated city of an efficient cleansing of the public ways, probably after a perfect system of sewage and drainage, which implies an adequate water supply, and a well-paved surface, which I have always considered to be little inferior in its importance to the former, and which is indispensable to obtaining clean sweeping. Good surface cleansing ranks next in its beneficial sanitary influence, and most certainly the comfort gained by all through having public thoroughfares in a high degree of cleanliness is exceedingly great. Mr. Haywood expresses his opinion that streets ordure soddened, smelling like stable yards, dangerous to the health of the inhabitants, impassable from mud in winter and from dust in summer, and inflicting constant pecuniary loss, quote, can only exist in an appreciable degree in thoroughfares swept much less frequently, end quote, than the streets within the jurisdiction of the city commissioners of sewers. In this opinion, however, Mr. Haywood comes into direct collision with the statements put forth by the Board of Health, who have insisted upon the insanitary state of the metropolitan streets more strongly, perhaps, in their several reports, than has Mr. Cochrane. But Mr. Haywood believes that not only are the assertions of the Board of Health as to the unwholesome state of the metropolitan thoroughfares unfounded as regards the City of London, but he asserts that from the daily street sweeping, quote, the surface there is maintained in as high an average condition of cleanliness as the means hitherto adopted will enable to be attained. Nor does this apply, says Mr. Haywood, to the main thoroughfares only. In the poorer courts and alleys within the city, where a high degree of cleanliness is at least as needful, in a sanitary point of view, as in the larger and wider thoroughfares, 
the facilities for efficient sweeping are as great, if not greater, than in other portions of your jurisdiction. For many years past, the whole of the courts and alleys which carts do not enter have been paved with flagstone, laid at a good inclination, and presenting a uniform, smooth, non-absorbent surface. In many of these courts, where the habits of the people are cleanly, the scavenger's broom is almost unneeded for weeks together. In others, where the habit prevails of throwing the refuse of the house upon the pavements, the daily sweepings is highly essential. But in all these courts, the surface presents a condition which renders good clean sweeping a comparatively easy operation, that which is swept away being mostly dry, or nearly so. After alluding to the street orderly principle of scavenging, to clean and keep clean, Mr. Haywood observes, Between the street orderly system and the periodical or intermittent sweeping, there is this difference, that upon the former system there should be, if it fulfils what it professes, no deposit of any description allowed to remain much longer than a few minutes upon the surface, and that there should be neither mud in the wet weather nor dust in the dry weather upon the public ways, whilst upon the latter system the deposit necessarily accumulates between the periods of sweeping, commencing as soon as one sweeping has terminated, gradually increasing, and being at its point of extreme accumulation at the period when the next sweeping takes place. The former, then, is, or should be, a system of prevention, the latter, confessedly, but a system of palliation, or cure. The more frequent the periodical sweeping, therefore, the nearer it approximates in its results to the street-orderly system, inasmuch as the accumulations, being frequently removed, must be smaller, and the evils of mud, dust, effluvia, and so on, less, in proportion. Now, to fulfil its promise, upon the street-orderly system, there should be men both day and night within the streets, who should constantly remove the manure and refuse, and failing this, if there be only cessation for six hours out of the twenty-four of the continuous cleansing, it becomes at once a periodical cleansing, but a degree in advance of the daily sweeping, which has been now for years in operation within the City of London. This appears to me to be an extreme conclusion, because the labours of the street orderly system cease when the great traffic ceases, and when, of course, there is comparatively little or no dirt deposited in the thoroughfares. Therefore, says Mr. Haywood, the city system of cleansing once per day is only a degree behind that system of which the principle is incessant cleansing at such time as the dirtying is incessant. The two principles are surely as different as light and darkness. In the one, the cleansing is intermittent and the dirt constant. In the other, the dirt is intermittent and the cleanliness constant, constant at least so long as the causes of impurity are so. Mr. Haywood, however, states that the commissioners were so pleased with the appearance of the streets when cleansed on the street orderly system, which was certainly much to be admired, that they introduced a somewhat similar system, calling their scavengers daymen, as they had the care of keeping the streets clean after a daily morning sweeping by the contractor's men. They commenced their work at 9 a.m. and ceased at 6 p.m. in the summer months and at half-past 4 p.m. in the winter. In the summer months, 36 daymen were employed on the average. In the winter months, 46. 
The highest number of scavenging daymen employed on any one day was 63. The lowest was 34. The area cleansed was about 47,000 yards, superficial measure, and with the following results and the following cost, from June 24, 1846, to the same date, 1847. The average area cleansed during the summer months per man per diem was 1,298 superficial yards. Ditto during winter per man per diem was 1,016 yards. The average of both summer and winter months was per man per diem 1,139 yards. The cost of the experiment was for daymen, including brooms, barrows, shovels, cartage, and so on, £1,450.18, shillings, one foreman at £78, and the total cost of the experiment £1,528.18. Note, the wages paid are not stated. End note. The daily sweeping, Mr. Haywood says, which for the previous two years had been established throughout the city, gave at that time very great satisfaction. It was quite true that the streets which the daymen attended to looked superior to those cleansed only periodically, but the practical value of the difference was considered by many not to be worth the sum of money paid for it. It was also felt that if it was continued, it should upon principle be extended at least to all streets of similar traffic to those upon which it had been tried, and as, after due consideration, the Commission thought that one daily sweeping was sufficient, both for health and comfort. The day or continuous sweeping was abandoned, and the whole city only received from that time to the present the usual daily sweeping. The present time is shown by the date of Mr. Haywood's report, October 13, 1851. The reason assigned for the abandonment of the system of the daymen is peculiar and characteristic. The system of continuous cleansing gave very great satisfaction, although it was but a degree in advance of the once-a-day cleansing. The streets which the daymen attended to looked, and of course were, superior in cleanliness to those scavenged periodically. It was also felt that the principle should be extended at least to all streets of similar traffic. And why was it not so extended? Because, in a word, it was not worth the money though by what standard the value of public cleanliness was calculated, is not mentioned. The main question, therefore, is what is the difference in the cost of the two systems, and is the admitted superior cleanliness produced by the continuous mode of scavenging, in comparison with that obtained by the intermittent mode, of sufficient public value to warrant the increased expense, if any? In a word, as the city people say, is it worth the money? First, as to the comparative cost of the two systems. After a statement of the contracts for the dusting and cleansing of the city, matters I have before treated of, Mr. Haywood, for the purpose of making a comparison of the present city system of scavenging with the street orderly system, gives the table in the opposite page to show the cost of street cleansing and dusting within the jurisdiction of the city court of sewers. Mr. Haywood then invites attention to the subjoined statement of the National Philanthropic Association on the occurrence of a demonstration as to the efficiency and economy of the street orderly system. Association for the Promotion of Street Paving, Cleansing, Draining and so on, 20 Veer Street, Oxford Street, 
January 26th, 1846. Approximation to the total expenses connected with cleansing as an experiment, certain parts of the City of London, commencing December 1845, for the period of two months. 350 brooms, being an average of five brooms for each man, £25, 18 shillings, 10 pence. For carting, £99, 1 shilling, 9 pence. For advertising, 65 shillings. For rent of storeroom, £3, 14 shillings. Clerk salaries, 12 pounds. Messengers, 5 pounds, 5 shillings. Wooden clogs for men, 2 pounds, 5 shillings, 10 pence. Expenses of washing wood pavement, 5 pounds. 28 pounds, 4 shillings, 10 pence. Expenses of barrows, 24 pounds, 14 shillings. Christmas dinner to men, foremen and superintendents, 97. 15 pounds, 12 shillings, 6 pence. 83 men averaging at 2 shillings, 6 pence per day for 9 weeks. 573 pounds, 15 shillings. 4 superintendents at 25 shillings, 4 pence. Foreman at 18 shillings. Cart foreman, 20 shillings. Storekeeper, 18 shillings. Chief superintendents, 2 pounds. For 9 weeks, £112.10. shillings. For various small articles, brushes, rakes and so on, £36.7.8. shillings, eight pence. Petty expenses of the office, postages and so on and stationery, £6. Approximation to the total cost of the expense, £987.4.7. shillings, seven pence. Signed, M. Davis, Secretary. I will now, says Mr. Haywood, Without further present reference to the report of the association, proceed to form an estimate of the expenses of the system as they would have been if it had been extended to the whole city, and which estimate will be based upon the information as to the expenses of the system furnished by the experiment or demonstration made by the association within your jurisdiction. The total cost of the experiment was £987, 4 shillings, 7 pence, and deducting the charges under the head of advertising, Christmas dinner, and petty cash expenses, and also that for office rent, clerks, messengers, and so on, and assigning £50 as the value of the implements at that time for future use, there is left a balance of £822, 7 shillings, threepence as the clear cost of the experiment. The experiment was tried for a period of eight weeks exactly, according to the return made to the Commission by the Superintendent of the Association, but as in the statement of expenses the wages appear to be included for a period of nine weeks, I have assumed nine weeks as the correct figure, and the experiment must therefore have cost a sum of £822.7 for that period, or at the rate of about £91 per week. Table showing the cost of street cleansing and dusting within the jurisdiction of the City Court of Sewers. Year ending Michaelmas, 1841. Mode of contracting, whether the contracts for dusting and scavenging were let separately or together, separately. Leading or principal feature in the regulations for the dusting and cleansing, main streets of largest traffic running east and west, cleansed daily, other principal streets every other day, the whole of the remainder of the public ways twice a week, dust to be removed at least twice a week. Some paid for scavenging and dusting, 
or for scavenging only during the year, £4,590 six shillings. Some received by commission for sale of dust when the contracts were let separately. Amounts paid and received are balanced. Total disbursement by the commission for scavenging and dusting, £4,590 six shillings. Year ending Michaelmas 1842, mode of contracting separately. Leading or principal feature, as for 1841. Some paid, £3,633.17 shillings. Some received, amounts paid and received are balanced. Total disbursements, £3,633.17. Year ending Michaelmas 1843, Mode of contracting, together. Leading or principal feature, as for 1841 and 1842. Some paid, £2,084.04.06. Some received, amounts paid and received are balanced. Total disbursement, £2,084.04.06. Average per annum for three years, £3,436.02.06. Year ending Michaelmas 1844. Mode of contracting, separately. Leading or principal feature, main line of streets cleansed daily, other principal streets every other day, and all other place twice in every week. Dust to be removed at least twice a week. Sum paid, £3,826.12.06. Sum received by commission, Amounts paid and received are balanced. Total disbursement, £3,826.12.06. Year ending Michaelmas 1845. Mode of contracting, separately. Leading or principal feature, as for 1844. Some paid, £2,833.02. Sum received. Amounts paid and received are balanced. Total disbursement, £2,833.02. Two Average per annum of the two years, £3,329.17.3. Year-ending Michaelmas 1846. Mode of contracting, separately. Leading or principal feature, daily cleansing throughout every public way of every description, dust to be removed twice a week. Some paid £6,034.06. £6 Some received £1,354.05. Total disbursement £4,680.01. Year ending Michaelmas 1847. Mode of contracting separately. Leading or principal feature as for 1846. Some paid Eight thousand and fourteen pounds two shillings. Some received four thousand four hundred and fifty five pounds five shillings. Total disbursement three thousand five hundred and fifty eight pounds seventeen shillings. Year ending Michaelmas eighteen forty eight. Mode of contracting separately. Leading or principal feature as for eighteen forty six. Some paid seven thousand two hundred and twenty six pounds one shilling sixpence. Some received £1,328.15. 
total disbursement five thousand eight hundred and ninety seven pounds six shillings and sixpence year ending michaelmas eighteen forty nine mode of contracting together leading or principal feature as for eighteen forty six sum paid seven thousand four hundred and eighty six pounds eleven shillings and sixpence sum received zero total disbursement seven thousand four hundred and eighty six pounds eleven shillings sixpence year ending michaelmas eighteen fifty mode of contracting together leading or principal feature as for eighteen forty six sum paid six thousand seven hundred and seventy nine pounds sixteen shillings sum received zero total disbursement six thousand seven hundred and seventy nine pounds sixteen shillings year ending michaelmas eighteen fifty one mode of contracting together leading or principal feature as for eighteen forty six sum paid six thousand three hundred and twenty eight pounds seventeen shillings sum received zero total disbursement six thousand three hundred and twenty eight pounds seventeen shillings average per annum of the last six years five thousand seven hundred and eighty eight pounds eleven shillings sixpence now the total area of the carriageway of the city of london was at that time four hundred and eighteen thousand square yards and the area of the footway three hundred and sixteen thousand square yards making a total of seven hundred and thirty four thousand square yards and the area of the carriageway cleaned by the street orderlies was thirty thousand six hundred and seventy square yards and the area of the footway eighteen thousand five hundred and ninety square yards making a total of forty nine thousand two hundred and sixty square yards the total area of footway and carriageway cleansed was therefore one fifteenth of the whole of the carriageway and footway of the city or taken separately the carriageway cleansed was somewhat more than one fourteenth of the whole of the city carriageway it has been seen also that the total cost of cleansing this one fourteenth portion of the carriageway after deducting all extraneous expenses was at the rate per week of ninety one pounds or at the rate per annum of four thousand seven hundred and thirty two pounds to assign an expenditure in the same proportion for the remaining thirteen fourteenths of the whole carriageway area of the city would not be just for in the first place allowance must be made owing to the dirt brought off from the adjacent streets which it is assumed would not have been the case had they also been cleansed upon the street orderly system and moreover as the majority of the streets cleansed were those of large traffic a larger proportion of labour was needed to them than would have been the case had the experiment been upon any equal area of carriageway taken from a district comprehending streets of all sizes and degrees of traffic but if i assume that the one fourteenth portion of the city cleansed represents one-eleventh of the whole in the labour needed for cleansing the whole of the city upon the same system i believe i shall have made a very fair deduction and shall if anything err in favour of the experiment estimating therefore the expense of cleansing the whole of the city carriageway upon the street orderly system according to the expenses of the experiment made in eighteen forty five to eighteen forty six and from the data then furnished it appears that cleansing upon such system would have come to an annual sum 
of £52,052. It will be seen that there is a remarkable difference between this estimate of £52,052 per annum and that of £18,000 per annum estimated by the association and given in their report of the 26th of January 1846. And what is more remarkable is that my estimate is framed not upon any assumption of my own, but is a dry calculation based upon the very figures of expense furnished by the association itself, and herein before recited. A second demonstration, carried on in the city by the street orderlies, is detailed by Mr. Haywood, but as he draws the same conclusions from it, there is no necessity to do other than allude to it here. According to the above estimate, it certainly must be admitted that the difference between the two accounts is, as Mr. Haywood says, remarkable, the one being nearly three times more than the other. But let us, for fairness' sake, test the cost of cleansing the city thoroughfares upon the continuous plan of scavenging by the figures given in Mr. Haywood's own report, and see whether the above conclusion is warranted by the facts there stated. From June 1846 to June 1847, we have seen that several of the main streets in the city were cleansed continuously throughout the day by what were called daymen, that is to say, 47,000 superficial yards of the principal thoroughfares were kept clean, after the daily cleansing of them by the contractor's men, by a body of men similar in their mode of operation to the street orderlies, and who removed all the dirt as soon as deposited between the hours of the principal traffic. The cost of this experiment, for such it seems to have been, was for the twelve months, as we have seen, £1,528.18. shillings. Now, if the expense of cleansing 47,000 superficial yards upon the continuous method was £1,529, then, according to Cocker, 770,157 yards, the total area of the public ways of the city, would cost £25,054. And, adding to this £6,328 for the sum paid to the contractors for the daily scavenging, we have only £31,382 for the gross expense of cleansing the whole of the city thoroughfares once a day by the regular scavengers, and keeping them clean afterwards by a body similar to the street orderlies a difference of upwards of £20,000 between the facts and figures of the city surveyor. It would appear to me, therefore, that Mr. Haywood has erred in estimating the probable expense of the street orderly system of scavenging applied to the city at £52,000 per annum, for by his own showing it actually cost the authorities for the one year when it was tried there only £1,529 for 47,000 superficial yards, at which rate 770,000 yards could not cost more than £31,500, and this even allowing that the same amount of labour would be required for the continuous cleansing of the minor thoroughfares as was needed for the principal ones. That the error is an oversight on the part of the city surveyor, the whole tone of his report is sufficient to assure us for it is at once moderate and candid. It must, on the other hand, be admitted that Mr. Haywood is perfectly correct as to the difference between the cost of the demonstration of the street orderly system of cleansing in the city 
and the estimated cost of that mode of scavenging when brought into regular operation there. This, however, the year's experience of the city Damon shows could not possibly exceed £32,000, and might and probably would be much less when we take into account the smaller quantity of labour required for the minor thoroughfares, the extra value of the street manure when collected free from mud, the saving in the expense of watering the streets, this not being required under the orderly system, and the abolition of the daily scavenging, which is included in the sum above cited, but which would be no longer needed were the orderlies employed, such work being performed by them at the commencement of their day's labours, so that I am disposed to believe, all things considered, that somewhere about £20,000 per annum might be the gross expense of continuously cleansing the city. Mr. Cochrane estimates it at £18,000. But whether the admitted superior cleanliness of the streets and the employment of an extra number of people will be held by the citizens to be worth the extra money, it is not for me to say. If, however, the increased cleanliness effected by the street orderlies is to be brought about by a decrease of the wages of the regular scavengers from 16 shillings to 12 shillings a week, which is the amount upon which Mr. Cochrane forms his estimate, then I do not hesitate to say the city authorities will be gainers, in the matter of poor rates at least, by an adherence to the present method of scavenging, paying as they do the best wages and indeed affording an illustrious example to all the metropolitan parishes in refusing to grant contracts to any master scavengers but such as consent to deal fairly with the men in their employ. And I do hope and trust, for the sake of the working men, the city commissioners of sewers will, should they decide upon having the city cleansed continuously, make the same requirement of Mr. Cochrane, before they allow his street orderlies to displace the regular scavengers at present employed there. Benefits to the community gained at the expense of the people are really great evils. The street orderly system is a good one when applied to parishes employing paupers and paying them one shilling a penny halfpenny and a loaf per day, or even nothing except their food for their labour. Here it elevates paupers into independent labourers, but applied to those localities where the highest wages are paid, and there is the greatest regard shown for the welfare of the workmen, it is merely a scurf system of degrading the independent labourers to the level of paupers, by reducing the wages of the regular scavengers from 16 shillings to 12 shillings per week. The avowed object of the street orderly system is to provide employment for able-bodied men, and so to prevent them becoming a burden to the parish. But is not a reduction of the scavenger's wages, to the extent of 25% a week, more likely to encourage than to prevent such a result? This is the weak point of the orderly system, and one which gentlemen calling themselves philanthropists should really blush to be parties to. After all, the opinion to which I am led is this. The street orderly system is incomparably the best mode of scavenging, and the payment of the men by honourable masters the best mode of employing the scavengers. The evils of the scavenging trade appear to me to spring chiefly from the parsimony of the parish authorities, either employing their own paupers without adequate remuneration, or else paying such prices to the contractors 
as almost necessitates the underpayment of the men in their employ. Were I to fill a volume, this is all that could be said on the matter. End of section 51